Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome. This week in production, it's post-NAB recovery. This week in production is produced by Art Aldrich. The thoughts and opinions expressed here are undoubtedly his own. You can reach Art at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. This is Don McGee. To book me for voiceovers, please call 908-451-6760. Thanks. So I got back fine from NAB. I actually got an upgrade on my United flight, which was a nice little bonus. Never, ever has happened to me going uh, to or from Las Vegas. Someone at the last minute maybe, you know, pulled the, uh, the ripcord and bailed on the flight, I guess. But happy to get it, happy to take it. But getting home and, and just letting my body recover, uh, both from the, uh, the mental overstimulation, the, uh, the cigarette smoke, the alcohol, the meals, the constant go. I mean, you need, you need recovery. I don't care what anyone says. It's, uh, it's a grind. And it was good. It was good to see some old friends and some uh, new things. And as I predicted, I got back, of course, and I read a bunch of coverage and watched some videos. And I was like, man, I was there. I did not see that. And it always happens. And, and it's just, there's no way humanly possible to see everything. For example, I was watching some coverage of Otherworld Computing, otherwise known as Max Sales, OWC. They announced before the show a little uh, SD card reader that's super fast, two-slot SD card reader. So I was like, oh, let me go see that when I'm there. I saw that device look good. You know, inexpensive, $80, but it's supposed to be faster than uh, regular devices. Asked the gentleman what else was new. You know, nothing really jumped out at me. And then I come home and I learn that they have a they have a piece of software that lets you sort of erase and reformat your media so the performance is like the day it was new. And I don't know how it works exactly because they didn't go into detail in the recap that I saw. But that would be something I could have talked to someone from OWC about at the show had I known. And I kind of missed it. And uh, that was unfortunate. I'll be looking into that some more. But I did buy a card reader and uh, two cards branded from OWC. So those those will be something to test out for both speed and the ability to tune them uh, going forward. And then, of course, I come back and in, in addition to all the... Uh, emails and phone calls I have to return. I'm now prepping for a uh, a big shoot, a series of shoots that will take place in the next couple of weeks. And it's a little bit new in the sense that we're going to shoot uh, green screen. I don't usually shoot a lot of green screen. I don't particularly care for the look of green screen. The client doesn't care for it either. But this circumstance sort of uh, requires us to be flexible. So we're going to shoot on a stage. But I did some testing and some research and I persuaded the client if they want to shoot green screen that we use Ultimat. And we use Ultimat 
to basically do the keying, we get a, a key fill and a key source, and those can be used in editing without having to use a plugin, which is sometimes tricky to do. And, and the Ultimate hardware is obviously legendary. So I had purchased two of the new Ultimate 12s from Blackmagic, the, the SDI version, so about $900 each because we're going to do two cameras and we need to have, you know, two Ultimates. And I didn't really get to do much with them uh, before NAB, but I went to NAB and I met the trainer from Blackmagic who does Ultimate, which was awesome. And it's one of the reasons I, I love going to NAB. I got to the source, the right guy. I asked some pointed questions about setup and process and how it was going to work. And he gave me a little um, nugget that I would have ignored probably. It wouldn't have occurred to me to do it this way. But he said, no, um, you know, you need to record not only the the mat, because I was going to record obviously a uh, picture in camera. And then I was going to feed the output of the camera into the Ultimate and then record the mat output. And I figured that would be um, sufficient to make a key. But he said, no, no, there's processing that happens in the foreground and on the mat channel. So you really need to output both the corrected foreground and the mat from the Ultimate. So that was something that would have bit me in the ass big time. I was able to then sort of reconfigure my uh, my rack because I had the rack set up with two HyperDeck minis to record the two mat channels. But now, of course, I need four HyperDeck minis. Uh, I had three, but I had to get another one and had to get a shelf and had to get some parts. So this is like my lab week to get this ready. So I've been on B&H ordering parts. They come in, I install them, I test, and I keep going back and forth. And I don't have a huge studio here. So I've got a pop-up green screen in my driveway. I've got my Varicam in the garage mounted, I'm shooting, you know, test props and feeding them into the Ultimates in my office. Wires, cables are everywhere. It's like, I don't know what it looks like, some kind of RuPaul device, but I've been testing. And every time I need a new piece, I have to, you know, shut it down, order it, get it the next day, luckily, you know, and it's gone back and forth like that for about four days. The tricky part is that the Ultimate, the way the Ultimate works is you need to feed in a background from an SDI source. And I'm not going through that laborious process. We're not even feeding in backgrounds when we uh, do the shoot. We're just going to shoot and then the backgrounds will be decided on later. But my favorite uh, streaming software, Mimo Live, they added a feature. Not I didn't even ask for it. <laughs> Just coincidentally, they added a feature last month, which lets you bring in the ultimate key and fill signals into Mimo so you can do a real-time composite. And then if I do it that way, I can put any background I want in from Mimo, digital or otherwise, and at least see what the key is going to look like. It's way more flexible than trying to do it, you know, with playback and all that stuff. So... That was the plan. The, the, was the whole plan was to build a rack. It's a 4U rack, and it's got two Ultimate HDs. It's got four HyperDeck Minis, 
and it's got a little switch because everything has to be networked. And I'm using the, the Mac software control for Ultimat, which is, you know, a little complicated, not terribly, but I, it's foreign to me and I have to figure it all out. Built the kit, had everything working, signal flow using my DeckLink uh, Duo 2 card, which is a four input 1080 card. I could not get these signals to work inside of Mima Live. And I, I struggled. I thought I was having a problem with the DeckLink cards at first. Then I tried some other things. I tried uh, using some AJAU taps. Those worked. The DeckLink was working partially. But, you know, the way the DeckLink works is, is kooky. The inputs are not sequential, like 1, 2, 3, and 4. It's like 4, 2, 3, and 1. And they're not labeled, and it's it's just annoying. I have now been wrestling with this thing for four days, trying to make it work, because now I'm getting within two weeks of the job, and I'm just not feeling comfortable about it at all. I uh, had been going back and forth with the the software developer, Oliver from Mimo Live, been going back and forth via email and saying, look, I'm doing everything I think it needs to be done. And then he explains to me, well, you can't just feed in any SDI source. It has to come from the same card so they're asynchronous. So that didn't occur to me at first, but it makes sense that both inputs need to have the same sync. So if they come off the same DeckLink card, they will be synced. Okay, fine. Uh, couldn't get it to show up at all. And it was weird. I was getting just weird issues. So. After a couple days of back and forth, I said, you know what? Maybe my DeckLink Duo card is FUBAR. So B&H, buy a new Quad 2 card, which is eight channels in or out. And it's, you know, it's that card that uses the micro BNC. Super, super annoying. My fingers are just too fat to fit around the connectors to get them on and off. It's, it's just horrible. I want to have a few words with the the gentleman who invented that connector. But I got the new card from B&H overnight, which was great. And I set it up and still no luck. There was a little box at the bottom of the uh, the little window for the ultimate key fill plug-in. And it said waiting. I was like, what's it waiting for? And it occurred to me that it might be waiting for the, the signals. And just by a random thought, I said, let me just leave everything like on. Mimo Live's running, everything is connected, but let me kill the power to the Ultimates and to the uh, the DeckLink uh, card, which was in a OWC chassis, like a expansion chassis on Thunderbolt. Let me just kill all the power and cycle it while Mimo's running. And the minute I did that, sure enough, I got sync. I got picture. It, it, was, it wasn't right. It was backwards. And there's no documentation to this, by the way. So I'm, I'm literally just scrambling, trying to figure this out on my own. I, okay, it's, it's reversed. It's inverted. I'm getting the silhouette instead of the stencil. So I'm thinking about it, thinking about it. And I go, you know... Maybe the ultimate can flip the output. Maybe it's just backwards. Again, not documented, but I went into the ultimate, flipped the output, 
Bingo. Everything's working. Wow. Big moment. Like, hallelujah. Everything's working. And that was great. But now I'm like, well, maybe the old card is not bad. Maybe it was just that it needed this weird hard reset to get it to sync. So, of course, I shut everything down again for like the 50th time. I swapped the card out for the old uh, Duo 2 card, put it in, boot it up, same thing, doesn't see it, did the hard power cycle, boom, inputs come in. Okay, great, that is working. Wonderful, the card's not bad. I can probably return the other one to B&H and, and we should all be good. The last step for me is I have to test now that I get both ultimates working because, the, again, the cards are not sequentially uh, numbered for input. So that test finally proved out. Everything is working. Now I just have to dial the, the rack in. The rack itself has got a custom patch panel on the back for inputs and outputs. You have to be able to feed foreground in. And you have to be able to feed background in, and then you have to be able to take uh, two channels out for the foreground and the mat. And then there's a monitor output, which lets you basically see what you're doing as you're working through the software control. And then, of course, I discovered that the HyperDeck Minis, which I have three different generations, apparently, and the new one does something slightly different than the old ones. The old ones don't hold the date time. So... You have to basically connect USB to the HyperDeck Mini, run the software, it'll pulse the timestamp off the computer, and then it'll be uh, current date and time. And I don't know how long it'll hold that for, but it's not indefinitely. And it doesn't pick it up off network, and it doesn't do anything cool like that. So I built some extra pieces into the patch panel to include USB-C so you don't have to reach your hand into the back of the very tight rack uh, to do it. Now you have a panel on the back with four USB-Cs. I can just plug in each HyperDeck one at a time and, and pull sync. And then the last step is to try and get software control over the HyperDeck so I can roll them all with one button. And I'm gonna do that by using a piece of software called BitFocus Companion. It's a piece of software that's been around for a while. I just started using it myself. I was using it with a Stream Deck to do some controls over some devices that I didn't have software control over before. And I'm just learning how to use it, but it does have a HyperDeck module. So I'm going to program those so that I can use a small stream deck, a six key stream deck, and be able to record all four hyperdecks at the same time. It's pretty cool and it works, works really well. And so once I do that, I'm going to button the whole thing up and my testing will be done. And now we just have to go and uh, get the lighting dialed in and all that stuff, which should be pretty easy. The ultimate seems like it pulls a very good key without too much fuss and I'm hoping this will be the secret sauce. So it's been a week of sort of <laughs> trials and tribulations and uh, I'm glad I got it all worked out. So stay tuned for the uh, post shoot podcast which will be in a couple weeks. I'm going to get some of the regulars on Lulita and Tom Chartrand. They'll be assisting me with that shoot since it's up in Boston in their backyard. 
So yes, there are lots of things going on. I have a heavy travel schedule coming up. Going to try to keep the podcast machine rolling. Got some special guests coming on. And we'll be doing some on-set recordings of podcasts and, and good stuff. Hope to keep the train rolling. So for now, this is Art. I'll see you next time. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on This Week in Production. Thanks for listening.